morning. I'm Noel Deere, pastor of the First Baptist Church of Nacogdoches, Texas. Welcome to this morning's daily devotion. I hope these next 10 minutes will encourage you as you seek to learn God's word and abide with Christ. Our focus today is Hebrews chapter 1, verses 7 through 14. Now we're in the middle of an argument as we're working through Hebrews chapter 1, in the middle of an argument that the writer makes for the fact that Jesus is superior to the angels. Now we'll cover a few more verses today. We'll go through this quickly. Verse 7 says, And about the angels, he says, God says, He makes his angels winds and his servants of fiery flame. And it goes on the next verse, but to the sun. So here's what God says to the sun. Your throne, God, is forever and ever, and the scepter of your kingdom is a scepter of justice. Now, in these two verses, we see a quotation from Psalm 110 and then a quotation from Psalm 45. But the important thing is to see that we have a contrast. The argument is that Jesus is greater than the angels. And so from the perspective of God, from the word of God, we see that the angels are servants, but Jesus is the king. Angels are servants. Jesus is the king. I think this will be a good place to pause and to see what we have learned about Jesus so far in our study of Hebrews chapter 1. What we have seen here is the threefold office of Christ. Christ has three jobs, three functions. We saw in verses 1 and 2 of Hebrews 1 that Jesus is a prophet. He is the greatest prophet. I'll read back. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors by the prophets in different times and in different ways. So God spoke through the prophets, Moses, Elijah, Isaiah. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. A prophet is someone who brings the word of God. And so the ultimate prophet is who? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. He is the prophet, the greatest prophet. But then we saw in verse 3 that Jesus is a priest. He is the greatest priest. What does a priest do? A priest connects God and man and purifies us of our sin. And so the priests of the Old Testament would perform purifying rituals. But in verse 3, as we looked a couple of days ago, the Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact expression of his nature, sustaining all things by his powerful word and making purification for our sins. Jesus on the cross made purification for our sins. He is our priest, the greatest priest. And then here we see in verse 8 that Jesus is also king. He is the one who rules. Uh, So what does Jesus do? What is his office? What is his job? What is his title? Jesus is our prophet, our priest, and our king. He is the greatest prophet, the greatest priest, and the greatest king. And that's worth celebrating. Now, it's important to note here, just as we go through these verses, that in verse 8, it says right at the beginning, but to the son, colon. So what we're going to see in the verses that follow, these are the words of the father to and about the son. So this is the father's description of the son. In verse 8, the son is the king. Verse 9, You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. This is why God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of joy beyond your companions. Pardon me. 
Jesus didn't just tough out a little bit of righteousness. It says here, God says that Jesus loved righteousness. Jesus didn't just white knuckle righteousness. Have you ever heard that phrase before, to white knuckle something? I think I just heard the phrase a few years ago. So my first time to to hear it, uh, what it means to white knuckle something is to do the right thing, to obey, but to do it even though you don't want to do it. You just force yourself to not sin, to obey rather than to disobey. But your heart, everything in you, you're white knuckling it, you're holding on because everything in you wants to do the wrong thing. Jesus lived a perfect life, sinless life. We know that. But more than that, listen, he didn't just white knuckle it. He didn't just, I'm going to do the right thing because I'm Jesus and I'm just going to do the right thing. No, Jesus loved righteousness. He loved obedience. Here's how that's helpful for me, for us. If we knew what Jesus knew, if we knew the beauty and the holiness of God, then we would love righteousness as well. You know, there's sometimes when we do have to just white knuckle obedience. There are some times when I want to do the wrong thing and I just need to buckle down and do the right thing anyway. But when we're white knuckling obedience, we ought to pause and and just pray a prayer. Lord, would you broaden my understanding or increase my faith? Because I know if I knew what you knew, I wouldn't be white knuckling obedience. I would be loving righteousness. And I've found that just that perspective uh, gives me strength and comfort in um, in uh, sometimes the the most difficult temptations. Look at verse 10. And this is still God speaking to and about the sun. And in the beginning, Lord, you established the earth and the heavens are the works of your hands. Jesus, Jesus created. We've seen that twice now in Hebrews chapter one, verse 11. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like clothing. Uh, You will roll them up like a cloak They will be changed like clothing, but you are the same and your years will never end. Quotation from Psalm 102. And it's another argument that Jesus is God and he is superior. He is eternal. Uh, If we look around at all the stuff around us, whether it's material things or it's immaterial things like relationships uh, or aspirations, uh, just know that Jesus is creator of everything and everything will perish in the end but Jesus will remain. Everything will wear out. Whatever it is that's distracting you, that's pulling you, that uh, you're investing in other than Jesus, that's going to wear out. But Jesus will remain unchanged. Uh, Jesus uh, made it, and Jesus will destroy it. Uh, Everything changes, but Jesus remains the same. Look at verse 13. Now, to which of the angels uh, has he ever said, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies, your footstool. And so we see here, uh, just we're just piling on this argument that Jesus is greater than the angels. Jesus is superior in part because the Father says he's superior. And then we get to verse 14, the last verse in this chapter. Are, there, are they not all ministering spirits? Speaking of the angels here, are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve those who are going to inherit salvation? 
Now, this isn't the focus of the passage. The focus of the passage, Jesus is greater than the angels. But we learn something about the angels here. It says the angels are servants, and they serve people, uh, at least those people who are or who will be children of God. Now, that doesn't mean you should seek the help of an angel. Don't pray to angels. Don't ask angels to help you. Uh, we're only instructed to have a relationship with Christ. Uh, pray to pray to the God. Pray to God through Christ. Uh, but know that God loves us so much that he sends his angels uh, to, to assist us. Uh, it highlights the value the Lord places on people because we're the ones that are served by the angels, and we're the ones that he says will inherit salvation. Uh, so let's let's wrap this up. What is Hebrews 1 all about? It's about the excellency of Christ. What have you learned in the last three days in your study of Hebrews chapter 1? Take a minute, maybe review the chapter, and just praise the Lord for specific things about who Jesus is and about why he is so wonderful. Friends, thanks for watching or listening. If you're on YouTube, please hit subscribe to make sure you never miss one of these daily devotions. On your favorite podcast app, search for Pastor Noel's Daily Devotions. Further info at noeldeer.com. I hope you have a great day as you endeavor today to abide in Christ. <music>